The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the, I hate to break it to you, and the, but this convenience ain't convenient anymore, of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who, in a world of wreckage, is lost and found. Josh, how are you doing this evening? Hi, I am um, better now. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It sounds, it sounds like uh, we, you and I had like mirrored weekends, like where our Saturdays were good and our Sundays were not good. Yes, my Saturday was great. We got out into the city. We got a we got a brand new ballpark. We got a brand new AAA baseball team, where they had opening their opening their first game home game on the eleventh. So we went basically down the street from my house and walked around and went to the public market and got some beer and had some food and walked outside the ballpark because they're sold out so we can't get in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the weather was great. It was like our first nice weather day here in the almost 80. Uh, Yeah, it was really nice. And then today I had a nightmare child all day. So that was horrible. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, That's my Saturday okay. was good. It, we, uh, I mean, it wasn't anything super special or fun like that. It was just doing some stuff around the house, hanging out, spending time with my significant other. Our anniversary was Friday, so that was also, you know, it's just kind of a nice lead into the weekend and all that good stuff. Uh, and then today we were doing, we've been doing some updating to our closets in our house, and it was, uh, let's just say things didn't go well today. <laughs> We had uh, done some measuring for doing some built-ins, which was cool and fine, and everything was great. And we had built them, and everything was good. Um, and they were big. I mean, they're big. Like they they were going to be. We knew they were going to be tricky to get in there, so we were really cautious and conscientious about like how everything was going to fit and all this good stuff. Well, along the way, we made some slight alterations to the plans uh, because we added a decorative ceiling in one of the closets. Like we uh, added, you know, just some wood. Yeah. Well, Josh, we didn't take that into consideration how much that would lower the ceiling for these awesome built-ins we had done. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. Yep. So what got so, what got altered? The ceiling or the things you made? The things we made oh. <laughs> got basically completely taken apart and reassembled differently, um, so that they could fit then in the closet. So all these great things we were going to get done today ended up uh, our, our schedule got compacted and like. So, like, everything still got done. Everything fit where it was, it needs to be. Like, everything is in there now. We're just going to have to do some, you know, touch-up work on some of the paint and some of those things that we hadn't planned on doing. And all a couple things we had planned to get done today just didn't happen. So, it was just one of those frustrating days where, like, in the end, it's fine. Everything worked out. But it just was not how we had planned it. So, and that's okay. Sometimes that happens. So, but, uh, so, Josh, our song this week, this is all you. You wrote the show notes this week. I did. Uh, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, and maybe you're going to say I'm wrong, but I feel like you picked this specifically knowing I wouldn't know who this is. 
Oh, no, I thought you would know who it is. <laughs> no, I, I have never heard of this group before. Did you Google them and find them? Or? I did Google oh, did. them and find out who it was. So so who is this group, Josh? So the group is God Lives Underwater. Uh, I actually discovered them playing a PlayStation 1 MTV game. And I can't think of what the game was. Uh, actually, I could probably Google it. Will it be listed? Slamscape. 1996 Slamscape. It was, yeah, it was an old PlayStation and Windows game from 1996. <laughs> it doesn't list the soundtrack here, but it had a bunch of indie bands, right? Yeah, I'm not going to be able to find this. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. PSX Slamscape. It's a three, it was a 3D shooter. It had uh, these songs on it. I wonder if it's going to show the soundtracks in here. But anyways, uh, I like the song that was in it. It was like this. Did you ever play Descent on the PC? Uh, the I have space? not, but I know, I know of it, yeah. So it's similar to that game. And yeah, there was the soundtrack. And it had music I can't find besides God Lives Underwater. But it was the 90s, so probably other. Uh, I think it's more like Chemical Brothers stuff, because that's kind of what God Lives Underwater is. It's like a... Uh, industrial experimental band, I guess, for the time. Uh, you would have to Google or look up All Wrong, which is probably their most popular song, um, and you could listen to All Wrong. But it was one of... I remember when their second album came out, I was so excited. I got the CD for Christmas, and I played it in my Sony Discman on repeat in my house all night, <laughs> all day. Um, they became a bit, pretty big band for me. I really enjoyed um, their music. But Prefinger 11, more similar to Chemical Brothers um, or Gravity Kills, like in that uh, grouping of, of bands. Um, but a band I don't uh, forget about too often. In fact, when I'm thinking of obscure bands, Godless Underwater constantly comes up in my memory bank. From that time period. So I'm going to need to listen to more of them because when I listen to it, yeah. uh, and I'm looking at their Wikipedia right now and they <laughs> list, you know, Depeche Mode, Nine Inch Nails, David Bowie, the psychedelic mm -hmm. furs and things as their influences. When I heard them, I, the way I categorize it, and I only listened to the one song. So like I said, I need to listen to more. Is that if you had taken maybe, let's say that 311 was the triple a release god lives underwater would be like the double a ripoff <laughs> of that triple a release but that don't mean that is but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing right that to me what i heard was like 311 yeah. with no bass they're more screamo though than i think 311 they're a little that bit could more be, but like i said i only listened to the one song yeah so i i think that could be maybe where i um got that from because it really had that kind of i'm trying to think of like that techno-y poppy punk like yeah you, that, you one know? of their songs has uh um a music that is pretty much in uh, like i don't know almost every other movie trailer from that year it was okay. it's like it's just like played in the background of trailers Okay. And like I said, I don't even know if this is the song that I listened to. I just like Googled like the thing and then like looked up their name and listened <laughs> yeah. to like picked one video. Um, so I'm not saying that is a bad thing. And like I said, I, I would definitely be interested in living more, learn living, listening to more because in general, I really do like like the industrial metal, like that scene. 
uh, of music. Th- those are things I enjoy. This was just a bad I had never heard. Yeah, of. totally. I, I know <laughs> most people say double A ripoff as a positive thing too. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I don't mean. I, I'm a, I like I'm a lot of double A games. I know that it, it sounded probably more harsh than I intended it to. Be. It's okay. The it's definitely. A, it's from the nineties, and it's not for everybody. Yeah. The budget version yeah. of 311. <laughs> the That's poor man's heard. 311. <laughs> a poor, yeah. You know, yeah. someone who's more uh, <laughs> with with the earth, if that makes oh, sense. Boy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Crunchy. There we go. There we go. I'm sure I'm sure that that is what they would appreciate it be. But like I said, there's no offense. Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but I can understand how that might sound <laughs> like I tried to rip on them. <laughs> It's okay. I don't know them, and I haven't listened to them in quite some time, so I'm not offended. <laughs> okay. Well, I, w- I want to listen to some more, cause see if I if I change my mind on influences and things like that. So Sure. God lives underwater. All right. Well, hey, there we go. Uh, not a religious band. Not a religious band. No, no, no. I was kind of wondering if they were going to be when mm. I saw that, and I was like, hmm. Yep. Interesting There's another ba- There was a band that came on my Spotify the other day, and I'm not going to remember who it is. That I had never heard of before. They just kind of came in one of my daily mixes. And I looked them up and I was like, oh, apparently this is a Christian band. I had no idea. <laughs> but they just showed up on my was list. It I can't remember who it was. <laughs> it was not Skillet. It was not Skillet. Um, they do show up sometime too. So, But it was in the same vein probably mm. as Skillet. So, But that's fine. Uh, anything else you want to chat about before we uh, get into our show, Josh? No, no, no. I got I got tickets to Evanescence and, and um, um, Hailstorm in december that's pretty cool yeah i was pretty excited about that uh so we'll get to go see them i haven't seen hailstorm i've seen evanescence a bunch i'll say i've seen evanescence and i also have not seen hailstorm but i i I want to i really like yeah i hmm, i'm not gonna lie i wasn't wild about their last album though the covers one oh the one their the last original one okay okay yeah i wasn't wild about that album but it wasn't bad it just definitely wasn't my favorite of theirs so yeah I yeah. still would like to see them, though. So Yeah, they're on tour now, so they might be coming close to you. They just tickets went check. on sale this week. I will and definitely I would, have to check. I got my pre-pre-sale through Evanescence, so I got it. That is one of the nice things about where I live is that, well, nice thing being we don't get a lot of concerts, which is a bad thing, but the concerts that we do get, um, not a lot in the winter, which is okay, because most of our venues are outdoor venues. Oh yeah, you hit, you definitely would have a December date like we do, <laughs> right? So, but with you know summer getting into summer now, and a lot of rescheduled shows from last year are now scheduled for this summer, and with the recent CDC, yeah. you know, guidance, like it makes me a little more like, hmm, you know, maybe I I might venture out and 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 see a show or two this summer. Cause... Yeah, I feel good about our December eighteenth date, so I think we should be safe with that. It looks like I was skeptical at first, but it's it's ways away. So I'm happy for that. Yeah, and Kyle and I talked about mobile games for the 25 minutes before we started. So I know I think we're I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe next week we'll talk about that on the show. But anyway, yeah. thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of Play Some Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us at patreon.com slash PSVG. 
But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. Uh, with that, obviously, it is very, very important to us that we thank our patrons each month um, because without you, this would be far, far more difficult for us to do. So thanks so much, Michael Masick, Barry Cathcart, Edwin Callow, Stephen Keller, Nick Creature, Rude Days 93, Ben Moxham, Robbie Manuel, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Calico, Grouchy Sergey, Devin Tyus, Josh Borboni, RJ Kern, Zachary Adams, and of course, Horse Girl 69. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. All right, Josh, I'm going to um, put a bow on what might potentially be a topic number three plus at hmm. the end. So just know that... Depending on how this goes, I have another topic that I maybe want to have us talk about if we have time. Okay. That's not in the show notes. But with that <laughs> tantalizing, seductive idea in your head, yeah. what is your first topic this week? Okay. Well, this can be relatively quick. I think both of my topics can be, which would be nice. Um, one of my favorite games gets the 10th anniversary treatment, and that is, we're talking about Ascension 10-year anniversary edition. Which is crazy to me that really that's when I dipped my toe into this deep of this hobby. Uh, this was my step in from Catan and Monopoly to where, where I am now in this room. <laughs> uh, so Ultra Pro, uh, which used to be Stoneblade, uh, which is still kind of Stoneblade, uh, unveiled Ascension 10 year anniversary edition, uh, which you can now pre order. This is via ICV2. Uh, yeah, so a decade ago, Magic Pro Tour champs uh, Justin Gary and Rob Doherty and Brian Kibler designed a fantasy deck builder that is Ascension. And uh, yeah, it's kind of gone on to be a crazy hit with so many expansions as we constantly talk about because they keep announcing them. Uh, now they're celebrating the release, uh, which is interesting because they have done year one collector's tins for all these games, which are in the expansions, which are like a hundred bucks. Um, and they're nice, but I haven't bought one because they're a hundred bucks. <laughs> right. Um, but they're, they're releasing, they're celebrating the 10th year anniversary and they're going to release a special anniversary edition to retailers, which is going to in, uh, include uh, updated card art and also uh, uh, feature updated cards to improve gameplay, which is interesting and a premium game board. So the game box is going to come with 181 cards, 50 honor tokens, a deluxe game board, a rule book, plays two to four players, and I cannot recommend this game enough with the $40 price tag. That is incredible. And it kind of helps my conundrum I've been in with all my sets being, at least the first, what, nine sets all being mixed in together. Now I can get this 10th anniversary edition. Put it right next to my Ticket to Ride 10th Anniversary Edition and just play the base game if I want to play it, which will probably lead me to play this game more because I do find myself playing it on my phone a lot. Uh, so what say you on this 10-year anniversary set? A, I was not surprised this was your story. <laughs> B, does this game need... Okay, it's been a while since I've played Ascension, mm -hmm. but does it really need a game board? You know what? I always use the game board, yeah. Okay. I don't know that it needs it. You can definitely play without a game board, but I just like it for the structure. I can see that. I can definitely see that. 
But as a magic player, I can also understand that your question. Right. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, I definitely never needed a, a game board to know what everything was in magic. And yeah. I know it's different, but yeah. I do wonder when it says that there are features updated cards to improve gameplay. What do you think that means? Do you think, th- I mean, they didn't change the rules to anything, right? Do you think maybe they just improved like iconography and like keywords to make things more understandable? Or do you think they actually changed something with cards? It's tricky because they've gone through a few like rewrites with cards and some of their mm-hmm. sets they put out. Like there's two different two player sets out that changed a little bit of the cards. Um, and they changed a lot. They changed the art and the wording for the cultists and the fanatics, so that might be what they're referring to from the base okay. game to where it is now. So that could be it. They might they they might um, try to make your starting deck more clear as far as what mm-hmm. they do. So that could also be it. Um, but I don't know. I be I'm interested to see if they're actually changing the cards. Uh, gameplay mechanic wise or if it's like what you said where it's just like clear on each card what they're doing yeah so i'm assuming you're all in on this oh yeah 40 bucks is <laughs> not only am i getting it it'll probably be some gifts will go to friends too <laughs> yeah this is a game that i've always enjoyed uh and have played almost exclusively mobile uh, but i just don't mm. know if the partner would like it and obviously this is a game that you know having someone else to play with is super important yes <laughs> um so yeah, I think it's cool though that they're they're still churning out Ascension and that people still like it, and it is nice because this is I think a really easy uh, way, like you said, to maybe introduce people to the game if they have never played it before. If you're trying to kind of get them um, into a deck builder, would you say this is a like if you were had someone being like, I need a first deck builder, would you recommend this over something like Dominion? Yeah, you know that's that's a good question. Uh... Yeah, because I think maybe Dominion is kind of like Deck Builder Plus. It's not necessarily Gateway. I mean, it, I guess you, we would consider it Gateway. I mean, I think Ascension's, it was the first Deck Builder, right? Yeah, I think Ascension's a little easier to understand than D- Dominion. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more going on in Dominion. Um, and there's a lot more variety with Dominion because you don't always necessarily start with the same available things. Uh, if I'm remembering... The base right, game correctly. You, you you pick like your ten things to like your ten sets of cards that you can purchase from. Um, whereas, which part of me though is is thinks that you know yes you have to have that setup of picking those ten, but then you for that game know what those ten are. Whereas you know Ascension is going to be the much more now traditional method of like what's available in the in the store or however you want to look at it yeah you know and that changes when you're flipping over cards like you can't necessarily plan as well because what you're going for might no longer be there whereas with dominion it's always going to be there unless just all of them are taken that's true it's been a while since i played dominion am i thinking it doesn't play great at two but it plays good at four or does it play okay at two I think it depends really on what those cards you have in the center are, because especially since there is some pretty heavy interaction with some of those cards with two players, it can feel a little um, not great. I know I had issues with Dominion, but it's been so long since I played it. I can't like speak to them to say, Um, but I I can't ignore my bias to Ascension either. So I don't necessarily think I'd be the person to ask between the two games, but I would say either of those over Legendary uh, only because the the theme in Legendary is so much more important because you need to be a Marvel fan. I mean, you don't need right. to be, but it certainly 
is the reason to play that over these two games. So, you know, Ascension is like, hey, if you want to beat up monsters and recruit heroes, play this one. Dominion's like, hey, do you want to play, uh, I don't know, uh, medieval type? It's not really medieval, but like old-timey deck building game. (laughs) Old-timey sounds terrible, (laughs) too. I don't want to say Game of Thrones because that puts it in a different thing, but like imagine if Splendor was a deck builder and the characters from Splendor had their own game. Majesty style, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Less fantasy, more more um king and queen stuff yeah because essentially though i mean can be played with more but is best at two right it's best at two four if you play four people those games last forever (laughs) right and that's where i think yeah and that's where for dominion i don't know if it's best at four but i think probably best at three which i think probably makes a little bit different so if you're primarily playing with one other person um I, i think ascension might be a better pick over dominion so cool Either way, awesome. you're in good hands with both games. So when is this coming out then again? Did they say? I don't think we have a date, actually. Um, I don't see a date. A date, a date, a date, a date. No. Uh, it's on pre-order. Okay, so soon, probably. Let me check Amazon. Yeah. Well, we don't have to. I can just look it up while we talk. Okay. Excellent. Anything else then about uh, Ascension 10th anniversary? Um. No, I'm just excited that uh, we're getting it. Okay, cool. All right, Josh. Well, you know, we've already done it for a couple. We're going to do it again. And, uh, you know, in this case, some of the things that we plan for some other companies, we've already had proven wrong. But, hey, why would that stop us? And what am I talking about? EA! They have announced EA Play will be happening July 22nd. So, like, we have planned some E3 presentations Let's plan EA Play's press conference portion um, and decide what we, A, think they're going to chat about, B, maybe want them to chat about all of that good stuff. So to start with, Josh, uh, EA Play happening a little bit after E3, um, so not in that same time frame. I, I think there was some questions about whether or not that was going to be like the same week, just before, and it looks like they're going just a little bit after for EA Play. Uh, this is a, an event they have done for the last few years to really, you know, highlight many of their games and, and the things that they are working on. Uh, so with that kind of being thrown out there, I think, Josh, one of the things that we know, obviously, without a doubt, that is going to be there. Excuse me. Well, I should say without a doubt. More than likely, you're going to have the battery of EA sports games, probably <laughs> yes. in some way, shape or form. <laughs> you know, we'll have something about Madden, probably. Uh, something about FIFA, you know, probably some, maybe something about like NHL or something like that. But I, I imagine there's going to be some sports stuff, and I have to imagine there's going to be some Apex Legends stuff. Um, so I, I think those are kind of, and we'll talk a little bit more about other things. But I think as far as ongoing games go, or regularly or regular games, is there something I'm missing big from them? Because we're going to talk about these ones, but I just want to kind of include all of those things together. So other than Apex and kind of the sports games, is there anything else from EA that's kind of ongoing that I'm, I'm missing right now? I don't know if we're getting it, uh, if we should consider Star Wars Battlefront. I don't know if they're Do th- okay. doing well, another one. But yeah, maybe, I mean, you think maybe they're we gonna... should consider it. No, they lost the license, right? No, they didn't lose it. They can, they're still doing Star Wars games. It's just that other people can oh, do them now as well. Oh, they lost exclusivity license, sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, because they're 
yeah, they're definitely still doing um, Star Wars games. <laughs> I think that's probably pretty. Yeah, so um, Battlefield and Battlefront, I guess, would be like. Okay. What I would include. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk. Well, let's, let's talk first about sports games. Josh, I know you play a lot of NHL. Yeah. Are you outside of that? I mean, what are your thoughts on EA Sports? Is that is this like a you know that people like it? You dip into them since it's you know on EA Play, so you'll check them out for your ten hours or whatever. What are your thoughts on the EA Sports games in general? Um, I mean, I understand that that's that's their like wheelhouse essentially. I know that they are very successful outside of sports games to a degree, but uh yeah people know them for sports right um i used to be a big madden fan i just fell out of that just i think it's because my circle stopped playing um i was never a big basketball fan after the 90s so i didn't play basketball games really i was a big fan of ea big which i I still wish and hope they bring back but i I just don't see that happening um so, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm indifferent on them now. I used to be a big fan of them in the past. Well, and it seems that, you know, re- referencing the EA big part, that they're kind of starting to incorporate that into their sports titles where they have the simulation aspect. And then there is some other mode that is similar, not exactly, but more arcade style within it. Um, and, I, you know, so I think it is not exactly the same it's not quite as fleshed out necessarily as those ea big games were but i do think it gives the opportunity to still participate uh in that kind of arcade style game if you want to now obviously these games also have you know a ton of microtransactions uh that you can you know buy as many packs of cards and things like that as you want to for your ea ultimate team stuff um so yeah i anticipate we'll still continue to see Madden, NHL, FIFA, like all of that good stuff. Uh, we also know that EA Sports PGA Tour is coming back, even though they. So it's kind of kind of be weird because we're gonna have two competing golf games now because 2K has their golf game, EA Sports has their golf game, but EA I guess gets the Masters. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't so know. that's just gonna be interesting. I mean, competition isn't a bad thing. It's nice to have some competition there. Yeah. But but I don't anticipate. Well, I think we probably might hear something about it. Maybe we'll have a brief little snippet about EA Sports PGA Tour. I think is what it's called. But EA Sports right. PGA Tour. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, and then obviously Apex. Right. Apex is huge. I think Apex is bigger than it's ever been. It's yeah. hundred million players. Um, more people are playing Apex. I think than ever ever before. Uh, I know they are actively recruiting streamers to play Apex. They've actually poached a bunch of. Um, Overwatch streamers actually to move over to Apex, and I say poach because they're paying them to go to play Apex. <laughs> um, so, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Uh, make your money, streamers. That's fine. Uh, but I, they're obviously very aggressively going after um, that community and really trying to cement Apex. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe the preeminent, but I, I know that the competition is fierce in that battle royale genre between Apex, um, Fortnite. And Warzone, and it, mm. it to me is surprising how big all three of those games are still. Yeah, for sure, it's a, there's a big, big, big player base for those uh, individually, and I think a lot of the same people play the, all three of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I do think a lot of people play all three, but I, I'm surprised at the audience just that those three games have been able to garner. Um, it, it really did seem like. 
you know, Fortnite was obviously kind of came in and took over after PUBG, and it, it didn't really ever seem that there was going to be something that could necessarily compete with it. And you know, Call of Duty just has enough people that played Call of Duty that they were able to become a big player. And you know, Apex came out was this free to play thing that was done really well, and just has continued to kind of stay the course and keep doing its thing and, and offering a really fun uh, take on the genre. And it really just has continued to grow, and it's kind of the, you know the little engine that could that kept building up steam and building up steam and building up steam. And right now, you know, when you look at Twitch. Uh, those three games are neck and neck as far as viewers go, as far as people who are watching and, and kind of you know taking part in uh, consumption of those games. So it's really surprising to me that all three of those games are doing that well. I, I didn't know that we'd have that much um, bandwidth for all those games, and it sure seems like we do. So, yeah. I mean, I assume like new character announcements, new season stuff, probably with Apex. Do you think anything else? I haven't played Apex in a while. Yeah, they just um, so do you they think- just dropped a new character in season. I don't know that they feel pressure to do that anymore. So I think, yeah, I mean, time wise, it'll line up for the next Apex season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see the new character, and I'm assuming they're going to go big with they're probably a new map this time um, because it's you know it's E3, so um, or around E3. Uh, so uh, <laughs> right. I think they'll go big with a new map because they're going to be trying to get even even more uh, players in. Maybe we'll see something um, with the next gen consoles too, like specific features or something. Right. Uh, yeah. So I would agree there. Apex, you know, going to continue to do its thing. Do you think there's going to be any other major Apex announcements? We can talk about you know Titanfall and that other stuff separately but do you think for apex specifically do you think there's gonna be any other big news or what do you think specifically big they could update at this point no they're doing they're doing a really good job at not doing big things right they're not trying to be Fortnite. they're not trying to add like titans to the game uh so i don't think we're gonna see anything crazy uh unless there is one crazy thing i could see them doing killing off a character oh interesting as long as it's not a character people paid for like if they killed <laughs> off a starting character, yeah. Um, as a as a plot device, I could see that um, oh, being be a, a big thing because they're going to keep adding characters, right? So like eventually they're just going to have a Street Fighter roster of characters. Um, <laughs> so they could potentially do something like that, but I mean, why would they? Why would they do that? Also, because yeah. some people will have those characters like max leveled. Yeah, and I think that's the hard part of, you're right, like, oh, it's a starting character, but that doesn't mean they haven't paid for skins or paid for something else. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, all right. And then, obviously, other games, The Sims seem to always make an uh, appearance at these, so I I assume we'll get some Sims content. I've never played The Sims, Josh. I've watched a lot of people (laughs) play The Sims, but I myself have never played The Sims. Uh, So I always kind of, like, zone out at that part when they talk about it. But I know it's popular and that people like it. You know, recently, It Takes Two came out. Yeah, from ha- from Hazelight, the Joseph Ferris studio, who has been he's been publishing through EA. So their game just came back out in March. Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they had something with Joseph Ferris there, just because I think they like Joseph Ferris, and I think Joseph Ferris likes being on camera. <laughs> so I could see him teasing their next project potentially. I mean, but do you have anything else regarding Hazelight or It Takes Two? Any thoughts on that? Uh, I want to play more of it. Uh, he'll yeah. be on the Game Awards. He won't be on e- e- EA's press conference. Oh, you don't think so? Okay. Yeah, well, he's he's got like, to make comments about the Oscars. He loves Jeff Keeley. He'll be on the Game yeah. Awards. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, we also just recently, you know, in the last few days here, had Mass Effect Legendary Edition come out. Um, we obviously know that there's already another Mass Effect in the works down the line. Uh, and we also know uh, that Dragon Age 4 is in the works from Bioware. Um, so just kind of doing a little Bioware wrap up here. I mean, do you think they'll mention Mass Effect Legendary Edition? Do you think we see anything about the future of Mass Effect? Or is it going to be mostly focused on Dragon Age? What are your thoughts? I think we're going to see Mass Effect uh, multiplayer announced for Legendary Edition. Ooh. Okay. You really think so, eh? There's been some hints already out online. People noticed um, a second player in one of the trailers um like in a clip so it looks like either they recycled old footage and didn't catch it or 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 nothing or all of it i don't know but i feel like people have asked for it i don't think it would be too hard for them to put out like just a mass effect 2 or 3 multiplayer Mm -hmm. um as like a dlc uh or whatever standalone if our everse can do it mass effect can do it (laughs) (laughs) gotcha all right, so there. I mean, do you assume we'll get more on Dragon Age Four as well? I think we're gonna get uh, gameplay and a date for Dragon Age Four. We've seen it Ooh. at the past two E3s uh, in some form, uh, from announcement to I think maybe it was Game Awards game, like yeah, the game developers get talking about the game. So right, um, they haven't shied away from it, which I think is a good sign. It means I think that they're pretty far in development for it. So. We'll probably get a gameplay trailer and a 2022 date, but like Q3 or something like that. Yeah, I I, I, was, I, I think that Dragon Age 4 is still a ways away, um, but that's okay. It doesn't seem like that has stopped EA from talking about what they're working on necessarily. Right. You know, so I think we'll probably hear something more about Dragon Age 4. Um, so yeah, another game that's going to be out actually very soon to when this podcast comes out is Knockout City, uh, that PvP um, dodgeball style game. Uh, apparently, you know, the previews for it have been pretty good. I think it's actually free to play for the first 10 days that it's coming out on like every platform, which I tells, that tells me that they're worried. Uh, I know Rocket Arena, which came out last year, I think it didn't do so hot. So I think they're a little worried with Knockout City kind of being that same style of quick in, quick out, get in, play a game. You know, I, I think they're a little worried about how that's going to do. But so that'll be out before their, you know, EA Play, as will F1 2021 from um, Codemasters. That'll be out um, just before, you know, we get to their EA Play event. Uh, but then other games that we kind of know about, uh, Battlefield 6, which has had a bazillion leaks, like uh, the faucet, basically, at this point. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on Battlefield 6? Anything you'd like to see? Have you checked out any of the leaks? Or what are your thoughts on Battlefield 6? I haven't checked Supposedly out. Supposedly <laughs> launching day and day on Game Pass, Josh. Oh, really? Yeah, that's one of the leaks. I haven't checked out any of the leaks. Um, I'm a little frustrated with the news delivery of Battlefield 6. Because first, it came out and they were like, the first true next generation game and then like uh three days later they're like but but it's coming out on ps4 and uh on <laughs> xbox one also so i'm like well what is it because that's you can't do both and then it it immediately made me think of destiny and i was like this is gonna be a mistake don't do this <laughs> you can't put out the same game on different it's gonna be unplayable on the ps4 if that's if your first message is the true message that it's gonna be the first true next-gen game which is also not true right because returnal is uh or spider-man miles morales kind of is right 
Uh, I think there's been other ones. Maybe they just mean for EA. <laughs> I think they mean for EA, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, make up your mind, EA. It's not a surprise coming from EA, but mixed messages I don't like. Yeah. Are you a big Battlefield fan? I like Battlefield when other people are playing with me. It's mm-hmm. it's more simulation to my to like Call of Duty is oof, I don't know. Apex is the arcade style. Call of Duty is the in between and Battlefield is a simulation. I like Battlefield when I play with friends. Gotcha. I do not like playing Battlefield solo. Mm, I can see that. I am horrible at Battlefield games. Absolutely horrendous. I drop in. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. There's a gazillion people everywhere. <laughs> I typically play the single player campaign, though that's one of the other rumors is that this isn't going to have a single player campaign. <laughs> Who knows if that's true or not, but that one I'm a little less invested in or believe in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the the trailer was supposed to have already dropped. I think there is, you know, now they're saying anywhere between now and early June for this trailer. So I think we'll see the initial reveal trailer prior to EA Play, and then there'll be like a bigger blowout at EA Play for this game. But Battlefield 6 probably coming out late this year. Um, and like I said, rumor is coming straight to Game Pass when it launches. So we'll have to wait and see, which wouldn't surprise me. EA and Microsoft, very, very cozy. Um, as far as those things go, uh, supposedly we're going to get a new Need for Speed game in 2022 still. So that's still kind of being worked on. Uh, Skate 4, Josh. Anything about that? We're going to see anything about Skate 4. Does it, do we know that it exists? Because I don't think it exists. <laughs> yeah. it told. I mean, they told us they were working on it and they have like a whole like a studio logo and stuff even now, I think, for the studio. Yeah, I don't think we'll see it. But I mean, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm happy. I know people are dying to have Skate 4, so I'll be happy if they get it. Gotcha. All right, Josh. So with that, you know, we like I said, we talked a little bit, you know, Motive we know is working on something, but we don't know what. Uh, Mass Effect, obviously, we know is coming. Dragon Age, we know is coming. Uh, what are other things you are hoping to see? Like EA has done some work with some indie developers in the past. Yeah. Um, there was a, um, a financial call for EA not that long ago that said that EA has more than 35 games in development. Yeah. So they're clearly working on more stuff than just what we've talked about. So are there things you would like to see, things that you hope they revisit? Obviously, there's probably some mobile stuff that's part of that 35 as well. But are there things that you're kind of hoping that we see or you'd like to, you know, what would make you be like, yeah, that was a great conference, EA? Well, there's rumors of Knights of the Old Republic remaster or remake or right. or original game. I don't know. If there's more Knights of the Old Republic and it's not the MMO I'm I'm excited for that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it won't be Bioware, so I don't know how I would feel uh, giving it to another studio. Um, you know, there's a game coming out called Esports Boxing Club, which mm-hmm. looks great, and that makes me think EA is really dropping the ball on not having another fight night. Do you think they would do a fight night instead of another UFC game, which I know just came out last year? But like that game was like a the. EA- EA Sports UFC 4. Yeah. I think was one of the top 10 selling games of last year. There's a lot of people, I think, like me, who don't like UFC mm-hmm. but love boxing or at least are nostalgic for for, for Fight Night. Right. Uh, that I think that they would have a good audience. They could do both. They did both back then. There was UFC and Fight Night at the same time, I believe. Yeah, I think back then, though, the UFC games were by a different developer. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want Jake Paul in my fight night, if that's what you're <laughs> asking. But um, thriller. But there's a lot. 
to um, feature, especially for people. There's people two for two generations that haven't played a, a boxing game. Yeah, it's uh, been a while. In, of gaming's consoles. So, I mean, like I said, I would like to see them do it, but I also think that falls in line with the whole, I also want EA big. I know that right. the big push for another Def Jam uh, Fendetta fighting game is out there as well. That would be really cool to see. I don't have any confidence that we'll see it, but I would be. I would say if they showed that, they showed Def Jam, they showed Fight Night, they showed a new Knights of the Old Republic, I would say that that would be a good EA conference for me. Gotcha. Uh, what about... Oh. What about you? What about me? That's a good question. I was going to ask you <laughs> one other thing. Uh, do you think there is any chance that EA is working on, I I don't want to say like an old game for them, but something that isn't, that isn't an event game, if that makes sense. When you think of their games that come out, they tend to be these big marquee event games that happen. They used to do back in the day, like EA was known for doing a ton of like licensed games. They did a, a, like they did some shooters. They did some other things like that. Like, do you think there's room for that in current EA outside of the established franchises that aren't indie games? Like, do you think a big EA, you know, Motives game or whoever, like, do you think they have it in them to put out like a big out of left field, you know, RPG or shooter or third person action adventure game? Like, is that something that they have in them anymore? Or is that just not EA anymore? I would would love to see it. I mean, we haven't we haven't seen that since like uh, Army of Two mm-hmm. or Dante's Inferno. Which are were arguably both great games. I would I would lean more on Dante's Inferno than I'm um, here too, but they were both good games, I should say. Not great games. Yeah. I would go with good. Good seems good. But they're few and far between. Um it looks like I'm looking at their older um games. I mean, we know that we're not gonna see another Dead Space, which is a bummer. But well, we are in a way, but not from EA. Um I saw that they did uh, Green Day Rock Band. So do we see another Rock Band? Was Rock Band EA? Because it seems... I'm so out of who did Rock Band that I'm wondering, did they do Rock Band? Because <laughs> I should know that. And I, and yeah. I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> but if they have Rock Band, like I think it's time. We're in the world of VR and peripherals. Like, bring it back. Guitar Hero or Rock Band or... Yeah, because Guitar Hero was active. Oh, Harmonics was Rock Band. How did I forget yeah. that? I'm like, what well, is that game that's out now that stinks that I love the board game of? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Harmonics is Rock Band, but yeah, yeah. they were published by EA. They are published um, by EA. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, maybe they could buy Harmonics. <laughs> I'm surprised Harmonix is still a thing. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm, I don't want them to go away. It's just surprising to me sometimes. Do you think uh, we are going to get um, another Titanfall game? Do you think that's just not going to happen? <sighs> they at this said point? they like, aren't thoughts? doing anything. In a, yeah, they say a lot of things. It makes me sad to believe that. I mean, we just had the Titanfall Day event that happened like two weeks ago where like they basically had everyone play titanfall 2 online and it resurrected it from the dead it was like the number one streaming game on all streaming platforms they had a great day 
So I think it shows that there's still support for Titanfall out there. We deserve a Titanfall 3. I don't think that EA is too concerned about what we deserve. If that makes sense. I, I yeah, know I'm painting them as the big corporate money-grubbing studio that they are. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know that we'll get it, but I would love a Titanfall 3. I, I would as well. And I know it's, you know, it's been a couple years. Well, no. You it's know what been... we are going to see? We're going to see five minutes of a stupid new mobile game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, we'll Command and Conquer or Titanfall. They both tried to do mobile games for those, which were terrible. So we're definitely going to see a um, terrible mobile game that takes up way too much time. <laughs> what about uh, Fallen Order? Oh, uh, you know, Flowers, maybe we Order. get, I don't, I think it's too soon for a sequel, right? So maybe we get a tease of the sequel, like that they're working right. on it. Uh, maybe yeah. like a trailer or they just have the, the actor come out again and talk about like, hey, we're working on the game and here's a quick clip of the opening something or whatever. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. For me, I mean, the thing I always want, pff, SSX. Yeah, SSX. Like that, you know, that's what I, that's what I kind of always want. Uh, is just a you know a going back to like SSX tricky like I know that they had the new one that they released whatever year it was and that one was fine like it wasn't bad I played quite a bit of it but you know going back to tricky um, I think would be fun. Uh, do you think we see any of the NCAA football game? Like I know again, do you think they talk about it at all? Like I know we probably aren't going to see anything because that was just an announcement of basically like hey we're going to start working on this. Do you think they talk about that at all? Yeah, they probably talk about it while they talk about Madden and they talk about how they're going to um, incorporate it into Madden. That would be my guess. Um, but yeah, I don't. I we talked about this before, and I kind of like naively was like, "What's so hard about them making this game? They already have Madden." But I really think <laughs> talking to more people about it and looking more, I realize how much of a difference of a game it's going to be. So. Um, I think that they have a lot of work to do before they have that game ready. So I don't know that they'll have anything to show. Right. Yeah. Oh, we'll wait. We'll see. So are you excited for EA? Like I, I'm someone who like, I usually am disappointed by their conference. Uh, I think they talk for a really long time about stuff and I just, and I'm sure they'll show a couple indie games. that will probably be good because yeah. usually the couple of games that they choose to, to, uh, you know, publish are, are pretty decent. So I'm sure we'll see that. But in general, I tend not to be super stoked stoked for EA Play. Kind of where is your hype level for it? Well, I, I mean, overall, I guess I'm excited for everything, which is like the generic statement I should make. Um, but I think every year I get excited for EA, and I, every year I'm disappointed. So I think this year I am not excited. <laughs> and uh, I think my expectations will stay in line with <laughs> what we get. I don't think that there's... They don't do a great job at putting the show together, first of right. all. And last year's was a mess with the out was no two years ago with the outdoor thing and they were showing Apex on a on a sunlit L C D screen. They couldn't and, see anything on, yeah. Uh yeah, they just it was a they just bumbled through it. So um yeah, I don't know. I don't have high expectations. But I'm excited to see what they have, if they have anything. <laughs> yeah, and EA is a uh one of the publishers who i'm kind of not like i it's not a huge i don't play many other games uh so you know i'll watch it i'm sure but i i'm not super anticipatory of it 
Um, it's definitely a little lower for me, but I definitely, you know, we'll see what they have. I'm not like, no, I'm not going to watch it, but it's definitely not from a hype perspective when I'm super um, waiting to watch. So, all right, Josh, what's your second topic this week? My second topic is, I just have to close some tabs. A lot of people freaked out over some worrisome news, including myself, but maybe we all overreacted. Maybe, but probably not. Uh, Ubisoft, I don't know what they were thinking, but they just kind of made this statement um, that they were going to release big-budget free-to-play versions of some of their major franchises, um, and then they quickly said, as well as continue traditional full-priced AAA releases. But originally the story was, or what everyone worried about was, Ubisoft saying that they're just they're strictly focusing on free-to-play games for the foreseeable future, um, which probably wasn't great for investors or the stock. Their stock, I, they, I don't know if they're publicly traded, uh, so the stock probably plummeted. Um, <laughs> but essentially, what they wanted to say, what they what they further clarified was, um, while they're still committed to big, big budget games, um, and they're not reducing their AAA output. They do want to deliver a diverse lineup of games that players will love across all platforms. So they they say, this is from uh, Eurogamer.net. Um, the Ubisoft spokesperson said, quote, we are excited to be investing more in free-to-play experiences. However, we want to clarify that this does not mean reducing our AAA offering. Our aim is to continue to deliver premium experiences such as Far Cry 6, Resident, <laughs> sorry, Resident Evil, might as well be at this point. Rainbow Six Quarantine, Riders Republic, and Skull and Bones. I'm glad they slipped that one in. To name a few, while also expanding our free-to-play portfolio and strengthening our brand. So I'm trying to think of their free-to-play portfolio. <laughs> what is in that? What does Ubisoft have that's free-to-play besides the um, mobile game? <laughs> well, they also have Hyperscape. Oh, yeah. That game that no one likes. <laughs> <laughs> uh i i mean me. i kid i can only speak for myself a game that i don't like um yeah i guess they do have like they have the tom clancy uh is it tom Cl what is that mobile game called is it just called um there's what, whatever it is you can have sam fisher you can have people from the division in this mobile game, which I tried, which is yeah, I tried to... not horrible, but it wasn't good. Um, did I kind of steal one of your topics with this topic? No, not okay. at all. Because I feel like, oh no, did you change one of your topics? Or was it from no, last not, week? Not, not at all. You haven't done anything. You didn't have, the, have the, the Division Heartland as one of your topics? Yeah, we talked about it last week. We actually, about about last what week. we thought it was going okay, to be. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's but all, no, because... Yeah. Because they have, they have a few free to play games though. Because they have like Hyperscape, like I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I think Trackmania is free to play. Oh, I forget they do Trackmania. Yeah, the Trackmania is them, and then uh, Brawlhalla oh, uh, is technically them. So yeah. they have a few free to play games, not a ton, but I, I, they do have some things that are in there that are free to play. So. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I guess what do you think? What do you think about this news? Do you think we need to see? Well, at least what people originally were worried about was, do you think we need to see big budget free-to-play versions of some of their major franchises? Do you want 
a free to play Assassin's Creed, and what would that what would that look like? Genshin Impact is what it would look like. Yeah, actually, maybe there's something to that. <laughs> and I, I that's think... a, that's a glitch in the matrix, though, right? Genshin Impact just was like <laughs> accidentally successful. Maybe, maybe it was. Uh, I I do understand Ubisoft's thinking here is that there is. Uh, we were talking about it before the show. There is a group of players who are averse to paying upfront for content. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But when you look at right now, the biggest games in the world, Josh, they're basically all free to play games. You know, every and even realistically for Call of Duty, Warzone is what's the biggest part. And that's free to play, you know, so. All of the really big games right now, um, that that is kind of how they're getting their foothold in. And this might, you know, for someone who would never pay $60 to get The Division 2, even though it's been on sale for like three bucks, yeah. <laughs> um, having a free-to-play version of it might be the thing to get them in the door. Now, I don't know if you've seen any of the leaks that have come out about The Division Heartland. No. Uh <laughs> Where do you uh, do you have a leaks uh, Reddit that you go to? Where, where do you see these leaks? There is actually there actually is a gaming <laughs> leaks and rumors Reddit that you can go to, um, and that's actually where this was. Though I will say, one bone to pick very briefly: the gaming leaks and Reddit page is like people post like actual like announcements from people, and yeah. I'm like, that's not a leak. Like when a company <laughs> says like, here's the thing, like that's not that's just news. Then that's not a leak or a rumor. Yeah. Um. But there. But yeah, that in like reset era, there's a whole bunch of places you can go. Um. But yeah, it, it's sounding like there is a battle royale aspect to it. I mean, I I think that <laughs> makes sense for the division to a degree. They already have the dark zone. Yeah, and it it very much is dark zoney. Like it, that's very much what it is. In reading through kind of what the information that's there. Um, but there are other like expeditions and things you can go on that are PVE mm. instead of PVP. So but, we were talking about mobile games before we recorded. Do does this open us up to um, more microtransactions? Something that the video game industry oh. has been fighting so hard against. Well, but I think that's where the question comes in of like, what is the microtransaction, right? The yeah. randomized loot boxes people don't like because you don't know what you're getting. People seem to have less issue if you are paying money for a specific thing. But when I right? pay like, 350 power cores for a chest in Marvel Strike Force, uh, it's coming <laughs> soon to YouTube ads, I don't know what I'm getting. Right. And people don't like that. Yeah. But if you are paying $20 for a battle pass, and it shows you exactly yes. what you're getting for the entire duration of the battle pass. People don't have issue with that, That's right? That's or true. as much of an issue with that necessarily. Uh, and, you know, there is that delicate balance between games cost money to make. Granted, Ubisoft eh, isn't doing as well as many of the other game developers are or game companies are just because they have a gazillion employees compared to the other companies. Um, but, you know, games do still cost stuff to make. So if you're going to be putting out these free-to-play games, you have to have some sort of... Uh, model of uh, of to, to get revenue from it I, I think it's just how insidious is it how much does it like you know check those boxes in our nerve brain human beings being dumb <laughs> and be like ah, oh, i gotta spend money to get this thing you know yeah um i obviously am someone who would prefer to just give you 60 dollars or 70 dollars and get the stuff all the stuff um rather than give you 20 dollars every month for the next year and you know, end up paying way more than I would have for for all of the things. Uh, so that's what's tough about it. But 
I do think going and adding some free-to-play options, adding some free-to-play versions of games to kind of hook people in does make sense. I think games like Riders Republic actually seem like a a free-to-play model for that game could work really, really well. Because, you know, (laughs) hey, buy this bike, buy this whatever, buy this wingsuit, buy this whatever. You know, you could easily do that there. So this doesn't surprise me. Um, I, I hope, though, that I continue to get games like I would like my Assassin's Creed games to continue to be the way they are because, you know, Genshin Impact, <laughs> when you get further in that game, boy, goodness, you got to pay a lot of money to get some stuff. And <laughs> I would like to not have those things kind of gated off. I'd just rather give you my money up front. So so we'll see, though. I don't I don't think this is the sky is falling. Uh, I do think, kind of like you said, Josh, a lot of people overreacted to this. Um, but I, I do also think it's kind of the wave of the future that more and more is getting hard for people to justify paying money to play video games so yeah agreed okay cool well ubisoft you can keep your free-to-play games keep them i don't want them (laughs) okay all right josh so my next story talking about companies who want you to pay for games um in a story about where the ps5 is sitting six months later on wired one small quote has ps fans talking and that quote said According to Herman Hulst, a Gorilla co-founder whom Jim Ryan tapped to lead PlayStation Studios in 2019, the group has more than 25 titles in development for the PS5, nearly half of which are entirely new IP. So that, you know, the story from about on Wired was really about like, you know, where the PS5 is now, was it going to be the revolution of gaming year promised and kind of all that good stuff. But this is the quote that really a lot of people started to hone in on about, you know, what that this means and in fact there was a um on linkedin after this story came out there was a lot of activity about this and then and i'm not gonna remember the person's name but somebody who works in third-party relations for playstation was like yeah and wait till they see what they have we have coming from our third-party partners as well wow so i mean <laughs> they're with all the talk about what Xbox has got going on, which is a lot and good, mm. rumors now that Starfield is 100% confirmed for PC and play on Xbox only, like Xbox has a lot of stuff, you know, on tap. PlayStation still seems pretty confident about what they got going on. They, they still seem to feel pretty good. So here's my question for you, Josh. 25 titles from PlayStation Studios in development right now. Is that a good enough? Is that enough? Is that a good number? Yeah, we that's need more? too do many. Need less? That's too many. I was going to say. So what do, what do you think when you hear that number? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it makes me wonder how many studios they have and if they're how many studios 13. are working on multiple games. <laughs> they have 13 studios, Josh. Whenever I hear a studio working on two games at once, it makes me worried. And I don't know that this is a case where I should be worried, but it seems like too many games. <laughs> I think Naughty Dog's almost 500 employees. Right. I know, I know, <laughs> but not every like, PlayStation can... Studio has 500 employees. No, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> I think Naughty Dog is like one of the, yeah, it, most of them are in the, I think, 200-ish range. Yeah, uh, it's a great number, right? It's exciting, but um, if I try to balance out my excitement with um, logic, I'm like, that's too many. <laughs> that's too many games. In like, If it's like, hey, we have 25 games uh, lined up. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of games. But they're like, we have 25 games currently being developed or worked on or however they want to word it. That's a lot of games from a first party studio. I mean, that's great. That's great for PlayStation fans, right? But that's so many games. (laughs) But Josh, that's basically as many studios as Xbox has. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so if, assuming that every like if every Xbox studio is only working on one game, which we know isn't true. Yeah. Like, the, is that still enough to compete? Can you tell me the last first first party Microsoft game that was released? No, right. I can't at all. And right. I don't think. Mo- and I think that well, that's what their Flight Simulator. Is. Flight Simulator, right? Flight Simulator. Yeah, that's probably yeah. the last one. Look at me go. Unless Battletoads came out after. I think it came out before. Uh, the problem that Microsoft has is not Game Pass. It's the first party games. Well, those will come though. The yeah, that's what people say. <laughs> um, I and I don't want. I'm not trying to trash Xbox because I love Microsoft and, and my and I love my Xbox. But I mean, there's no contest. PlayStation has better first party games, and they have for the past four years, at right. least. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm and I'm only just basing that off of quantity, not even quality, like yeah. just offerings. So that's like this isn't necessarily surprising. As far as like, I think the number is still surprising, but for Sony first party titles, it's a no duh. Like that's what Sony does. Um, like we get, like we get it, Sony. Now you're just showing off. <laughs> um, but that also doesn't mean they'll all be good. That doesn't mean they won't get delayed. That doesn't mean a lot of things. Doesn't mean yeah. they don't shut down the projects because. That happens all the time. It does. Um, so there's a lot of variables, but uh, that's promising. Uh, I like the article kind of says like, um, this is a good reassurance for people who invested in a four or five hundred dollar console. Um, you you know stuff is coming. You might not know if it's for you, but you know that there's content, even just from Sony, um, and then all the other studios that will be doing projects as well. Right, um, but that's a lot of titles currently in development. Yeah, and I I agree there too. Where you know when I think about Xbox and Xbox, I think you know in two or three years is going to, in some ways, I think they have almost too much content, which I know is sounds ridiculous to say, but it's going to be the good slash bad problem of like they're going to have very broad content as well as that their studios do a lot of different types of games. Yes, you know whereas PlayStation has realistically. If PlayStation Studios are releasing three or four games a year, for me, that's typically enough because that fits in with, you know, what my multiplayer games that I'm playing anyway. So I'm like, okay, Overwatch. So I'm playing Overwatch, but then I have time for these other games, you know, and most of their experiences are, you know, anywhere from 30 to 60 hours. So that for me is is really kind of that sweet spot of having three or four games a year. If you really look at, you know, we get Ratchet and Clank in June, like June to June, like June 2020 to June 2020, 21 or June. Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? <laughs> that year of games, you have The Last of Us Part Two, you have Ghost of Tsushima, you have Miles Morales, you have Demon Souls, you have Returnal, you have Ratchet and Clank. I mean, that's a really good year of games right there. Yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of. I'm not super worried. We have Horizon on the on the horizon. <laughs> um, one thing I will say: this article, though, pretty much confirmed to me, Josh, and I think not that anyone had any doubt of it. Uh, God of War totally is not coming this year. Yeah, they actually have to be worried about that game. Horizon Zero Dawn too. <laughs> yeah, they don't even mention that game, um, and so I, I think very cl- clearly, you know, Gran Turismo and uh, God of War will be next year, which is fine because. You know, rocking plenty of games right now. Um, and I think this is an okay number, actually, because I think... Oh, oh, Gran Turismo 7 is one of those games, so you can make it 24 games. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, cause, you know, it's that kind of number. That <laughs> but, 
you know, so and that's where I, I say the 25 games. I do wonder how they count or if they are counting XDev in that as well, uh, because technically they kind of count XDev as a studio, and that's like how Housemark made their games. Um, so it's not necessarily like the 12, the otherwise than the 12 studios that PlayStation has. Um, each making necessarily two games. I just don't know if they're counting XDev in that or not. Um, but, you know, if we if we do get, like, The Last of Us Remastered, like they talked about and things, like, they, they might have some smaller projects that are being worked on, too. So they might not all be these huge, um, massive games. Nearly half being entirely new IP, though. I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, that's great. So, which also makes me wonder about, like, is does that mean that London Studios new game is a new IP and not a throwback to some one of their older games or an older IP for them. Also for why am I blinking on horizon studio gorilla? There we go. Wow. Oh, that was a brain oh, fart. I thought you were talking yeah. about a studio named horizon studio. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, gorillas uh, supposedly second game that they have in development. It's like, does that mean that we aren't getting like SOCOM or like, are we getting a different named game for their supposed multiplayer shooter that they're working on you know all sorts of things like that yeah i mean it's probably kill zone multiplayer it could be it very well could be but so yeah overall i think that's pretty pretty i'm pretty happy with 25 games like you i i think that's a it is i think uh uh, that number was put out there kind of like you said and like the article says to make you feel good about buying a ps5 of like don't worry we have stuff coming um, and, I, and I think in some ways, I think that's smart to say that, um, to get a number out there to at least make you think like, okay, 25 games, three or four a year, probably like I'm set, you know, about moving forward. Um, so I think that's pretty good overall. So hopefully we see more about those things soon. Cause realistically, we don't know too much about a lot of those titles. Like a number of those games are still unannounced. So we'll have to, we'll be learning as we go here, but as a PlayStation fan, I'm hopeful as you should After, be. Yeah, after months and months of doom and gloom for PlayStation, all it takes is them to come out and be like, yeah, here are all the games that we're working on. And everyone's like, oh, cool. And now we're all fine again. And then in a week, we'll all be sad again. But that's the life of a PlayStation gamer. Anyway, uh, Josh, your next topic, which was an activity for both of us. Hit it, hit me with it. Uh, okay, so we talk about Kickstarter uh, frequently. Uh, usually it's about a current project that is about to be funded or it's because it's making waves um, in the kickstarting industry as far as like, oh, I made $2 million in two days. Um, But what I thought we could do is spend some time looking through Kickstarter and highlighting some projects that are currently, um, I can't promise that they're not going to expire by the time you hear this, but that are currently (laughs) um, in and maybe something uh, we're backing perhaps, but um, I think everything I picked you will still be able to back by the time you hear this. Excellent. Uh, do you want me to go first, or would you like yeah. to go first? I, how, how many games do you have highlighted? I have four. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know that I have that many, but that's, that's okay. okay. So then we'll definitely have you go first. We could have overlap, too. Uh, so the first game I wanted to highlight is a game, actually, that I played a long, long time ago uh, when I was... Well, probably when it came out, so maybe not a long, long time ago, but currently... Uh, Fireside Games has Castle Panic Deluxe Collection on Kickstarter. Uh, Castle Panic is a game which is pretty fun where you're fortifying a castle from uh, uh, waves of, I think, orcs um, where you have to, and it's cardboard orcs and they have like, you can have catapults and they have big weapons 
and essentially you're trying to either kill them or push them back into the forest or move them left or right. Um, it's a lot of fun. Or what, you know, last time I played it was the deluxe collection. Uh, however, it comes with this giant box that includes the expansions and it also adds miniatures and as uh, a castle miniature, which is super cool looking. Um, and I think uh, all of the all of it looks uh, great. Monster minis. You have castle pieces and like. Parts of your castle can get taken down by the bad guys, so you can literally like remove a wall from these pieces. Uh, all new artwork for the cards, brand new components, which are like wood and uh, thicker. And uh, there's so much more. There's uh, uh, some more game mechanics. There's uh, like quests that you can do now, which makes it more, I don't want to say legacy, but like ish. But what I, something else I love about this Kickstarter is 60 bucks gets you in the door for a deluxe game full of content. You can pick a wood edition or a plastic edition. You don't have to, uh, but the plastics, sorry, not plastic edition. You can pick the wood edition, which is the regular game, or you can do the plastics only. That's an extra 60. Um, but you can also do $90 to get the deluxe with the base game and then the wood collections 200 like it gets up there um the big big giant box is kind of crazy um but it's it's 350 bucks <laughs> okay uh, but that includes a bunch of things um play mats fully uh minis for all the expansions uh, which don't come in the other ones but 60 bucks gets you this really nice game with the miniatures and and um some miniatures not all of them in those wooden pieces so i think it looks really cool and the art looks great it looks almost dragon's lair e or space ace e and uh it's by fireside games so i like so you know that there will be a at least you can have confidence in the project but yeah have you played castle panic does this interest you at all what do you think I have not played Castle Panic, but I will. I am following this Kickstarter, so we will see whether I decide to jump in. I just am in a place where I have so many darn games to play right now. I'm being much more yeah. picky about <laughs> um, Kickstarters that I am backing, but I am interested, but have not committed. Nice. They do have if you go if you go to their Kickstarter page and you go down to the reviews section, they do have um, the Will Wheaton tabletop episode where they play Castle Panic, so you can actually see the original game get played so you can have an idea of the mechanics and if it's something that would interest you. But yeah. Okay. That's my first one. Castle Panic Deluxe Collection. Gotcha. Well, my first game, Josh, or my first project, I should say, um, is a little game to, you know, potentially help put you at ease with all that's going in on in the world and that is chai tea for two hey that was one of mine so i checked that one right off perfect which is a two-player game well one to two player game um as the little description says as countries look for their next cup of tea set sail your most delicious brews in chai tea for two. Facing off as opposing tea merchants, both players strive for the most victory points by securing tea clipper contracts. 
Um, so a this the um, the the developer of this game, Steeped Games. Uh, I think their previous two games have all been chai themed, so this is definitely a theme kind of for them um, and kind of how they work with their games. One thing I will say about their games is they're very tranquil looking. They're always very pretty, but very kind of serene and chill. Um, and realistically, this is this game is a looks beautiful. Uh, B is really well priced at thirty nine bucks, um, and that gets you. Um, 60 tins and metal coins, 60 wooden tea tokens. You're getting kind of this deluxe edition of this game with all these really nice upgrades um, for a really reasonable price. Now, obviously, shipping will be paid later. But at $39, it really looks like a game that you're going to get the value for what you pay for here. Um, lots of pieces, lots of um, different um, doodads, if you want to say, in it, and some engine building. And I'm always a sucker for an engine building game. Um, so this is one of those games that just when you take a glance at it, you're going to take to see how beautiful it looks. Um, they're really, I like how they have laid their Kickstarter out because they have really well-placed like explanation videos. And you can see basically almost every card in the game and basically everything that you're getting for it. Um, and like I said, for a really reasonable price, they also have some fun little um, resource trays or dice trays that you can add on if you want to, um, which there's a whole variety of them and they're gonna be great for every game not just for this one so overall this is a game that i have on saved and kind of am taking a look at um it still has what's the when does this game end josh i think it's 18 days 18 days to go from when we're recording so plenty of time for you to still get in um, but like i said reasonable price if you want to spend a little more you can get an engraved wooden box um to store it in but you know i don't that's if you want to spend 200 bucks but otherwise $39 gets in, really good price, um, and so far they've had other successful Kickstarters, um, and I'm not aware of any like huge concerns with them, so Chai Tea for two, definitely one that you can check out. Josh, what's your next game? Well, I wanted to add, you can, uh, this was, they had a game called Chai on Kickstarter a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. which is, I, I really regretted not backing, and, and they did a, they have done an expansion called Chai High Tea as well, and you can also add them. Um, as an add-on after you back this, which is a nice um, a little thing that you can do. So I'm excited for that, too. Uh, my next Kickstarter, which I'm a backer of, Ooh. is called Oink Games Plus. No, that was one of mine. Is awesome. it? Well, you yeah, that's okay. cool, though. Well, no, no, you do no, that. No, go for it. Go and for then it. I'll do my other one. No, go for it, because I okay. still have more. You're okay, fine. okay. So, Oink Games, they, if you've ever gone into a Target, you might see some of their games. They do small little travel size games for the most part. I don't know that they, that's all they do, so I don't want to paint them in a box, so to speak. But what they're doing here is bringing their games to the Nintendo Switch, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and I think out of the... What did I do for my back? Or, oh, it doesn't even show me what I put... Uh, it just tells me into my dollar amount. Uh, they're adding games, and, and as stretch goals, they will add more of their games um, to the Switch. And it looks like they have at least 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18. So about 31 games at least as an option for games they could add. Uh, but uh, just looking at some of the pictures of the games they already have, at least in development or listed uh look really nice and well done as far as like the interface and what the games look like um and they're saying they're also looking to add ios android and pc support in the future 
Um, but you're backing for the Switch in this, I believe. But yeah, Deep Sea Adventure and Startups um, will be playable on the Nintendo Switch. And then uh, achieving other stretch goals will allow them to develop more board games for. They're calling the, it's kind of like a little platform inside a platform called Oink Games Plus. So you'd open that and then it would be like, kind of like opening the NES store on Nintendo Switch Online. And you could pick your games or find somewhere to play, or it looks like there'll also be a how to play section as well. But they share some pictures of like uh, local play on the Switches, which looks great. They're saying they offer single player mode, share a Switch, online play, or local play, which is basically you and someone else have a Switch. Um, they've already unlocked. Oh, they didn't unlock more games yet. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we get to that point. Right now we're sitting at, if my computer would work, 18 days to go. There are 36,000 of 27. So we at least know it is a successful Kickstarter. And you can get in. It's in yen, and I don't see my currency exchange to see what I backed. Did I back like 30, uh, 25 bucks? 23 bucks gets you in um, on download code for the Switch version of the games, of the game. Uh, why did you have this and what are you excited for on this one? My big thing with them is they just make really unique and different games that you aren't going to typically see um, in the U.S. Like they just do different unique stuff. And I, and I like supporting companies and games that, that do those sorts of things. So for me, it's just an opportunity to see um, and help those projects be, you know, come to the mainstream and open them up to more people because we know how successful the Switch is um, and the number, how successful some indie games have been on Switch. And I, I think helping these games come to a broad audience w- would really help introduce um, a lot of the unique things that Wink does to the world. So for me, it's really just about that of really giving this cool opportunity um, to you know a, a smaller game developer that a lot of people in the U.S. probably haven't heard of or seen much from. So Yeah. Great. Cool. All right, Josh. My next one isn't a game. Whoa. But it is a way to trick out your games. Okay. If there's anything that I love, Josh, it's dice. I thought you were going to say animals. Well, I love animals too. <laughs> but when it comes to my games, Josh, one of my favorite things is dice. Yes. Uh, when I played Magic the Gathering, I bought a lot of dice just because, you know, you need dice for counters for things. And right now on Kickstarter, for 10 more days, you can buy some dice by Wormwood and Dispel. Um, They currently have raised $1.8 million Mm -hmm. with over 16,000 backers. Now, listener, if you're not much into board gaming or playing tabletop RPGs, you might might say, like, what's the big deal about some dice? And I understand that that, that is um, potentially a, a reasonable argument or discussion to have. Now, the thing to know about Wormwood and Dispel is that um, their dice are not cheap. Not cheap at all, Josh, because they are made out of super fancy things like glass and gemstones and other things. So, for example, Josh, if you would like to back a... Let's go here. Well, we'll pick this one randomly. Okay. If you want to back a seven-piece set of dice that are, I can't pronounce that word, so I'm going to change. So we're going to go to Prismatic Glass. <laughs> uh, Seven-piece set is $125, Josh. That's so a lot single of D money. Tw- a, sing- a single D20 is going to set you back 30 bucks. 
for one die. So this is definitely a luxury item. It is definitely a thing you don't need to do. But if you are someone who loves playing board games, you like chucking some dice, um, check out the Kickstarter just to see if anything jumps out at you. I will say the one of the things I find interesting about this Kickstarter is that for some of the, these die, I can't read the numbers on them at all. Like it's really, really hard oh, to no. read like what some of the numbers are. So some of these things I'm like, I don't know how functional this really is, but they look real, real pretty. Uh, they also have um, vaults you can buy in order to store your dice in. Uh, the vaults start at $60. <laughs> so, you know, and go up from there. So if you want to spend, you know, like $200 on a dice vault, you totally can do that. Um, like I said, this is a total luxury thing, but I do think it's fun to just take a look, see the cool things that people are doing, um, to make, you know, dice, not just dice to, to take them to the next level, to make them be really a centerpiece for your table and a centerpiece for your gaming. The most expensive thing that they have in this Kickstarter is a solid tungsten T20. Um, it even says that no one should buy this. It says it specifically on the thing. It says solid tu- solid tungsten. If you need to ask how heavy it is, it's not for you. We shouldn't have made this. No one should buy this. It is $2,500, Josh. <laughs> oh, boy. But like I said, if you want to trick out a game, if you have a game that you adore that has some dice and you're just looking for that last thing to put it over the top, this might be an option for you. So check out the Kickstarter, if nothing else, then to look at some really pretty advice, but that's Wormwood and Dispel. They got some dice that you can get for another 10 days, probably about eight days or so, like I said, by the time you hear this. So check it out. Very cool. Okay, my last one. It's a board game. The game overview is described as, maybe you might have this one too, uh, playing on an innovative board containing five layers of superimposed tiles. Play Players take on the role of guilds of explorers at an archaeological site. In this glacial universe, you'll discover precious artifacts, vestiges of ancient civilizations which increase your prestige, an immersive experience for one to five players for 90 minutes of fun. Ooh. It is uh, on the expensive side. It's 81 bucks to get in. It does say it has legacy elements, but essentially your ice cave Diving and the board is layered, so you put different tiles underneath each layer, and it looks to be relatively random uh, as it goes. But yeah, the board looks super cool. It comes in four parts. There's guild boards for your, ca- which are your character sheets. Um, they have all hex. I'm like a sucker for hex hexagon games, um, and this has them. <laughs> so 58 ice sheet tiles. And then you have level two, three, and four, which are artifacts, which are really cool. And uh, there's just a lot of content to this game. And it looks, it's super unique, at least as far as the game board goes. Uh, It just looks really cool. And I kind of want to get it, but I probably won't because it's $81. (laughs) Uh, But if that's not too crazy for you, uh, 14 days to go. And it is... At 169000 on a 54000 budget. So it's definitely going to ship. Have you well, seen this? Good. And does that sound interesting to you? I have not seen this, but it does sound interesting. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing it. I'm going to take a look at it and see. Kind of. Did you know, I give you the name of the game? I don't think you've it's given ice. the name of the game. Okay, I was just going to ask <laughs> I was like, that did next, I say the so. name? <laughs> I, don't, I was like, I don't think you said the name, but <laughs> Ice. 
Nice. Cool. All right, Josh. I have one more. Cool. It's be very brief. Um, because this one only have a couple days to go uh, when the podcast airs. Um, but Josh, have you looked at this game, Vivid Memories? I am currently backing it. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, why did you pick this one then? Uh, because I picked the other ones. Okay, no. So Vivid Memories, uh, really interesting looking game. Uh, really, again, a nice kind of affordable entry point. Well, pretty affordable at fifty dollars, uh, but really cool looking uh, game and kind of how you play it. So, what the little description in the Kickstarter says is that players take turns drafting one, two, or three memory fragments. Uh, the player that takes the last fragment token from a moment tile places that tile in their memory bank. When the final memory fragment of the round is taken, each player then triggers any actions available to them, including new memories in their memory bank. Um, and when you talked about hexagonal tiles, I was like, oh, <laughs> look yeah. at this game. Because <laughs> <laughs> it has hexagonal tiles. Uh, but this is a really, really interesting looking game. Again, the art is beautiful. The con- the All the bits that come with it look great. Um, and this is a game that, you know, I have kind of been keeping my eye on, but haven't decided for sure if I'm going to back it yet. Uh, but I'm sure in two days I will get my 48 hours left reminder yeah. <laughs> um, about this. So really interesting, beautiful looking game. Um, and it does, again, another game that seems like a really chill experience. Um, but table presence looks awesome. Production seems very, very good. So at $50, um, it seems like you're getting in a good place. And this thing does what I love. There's no, there's no unlocks. It just is what it is. Here's the game. You get everything here. Um, and that's kind of always something that I enjoy very, very much. That's Vivid Memories should have a couple days left um, when you if you listen to this on the day it releases. So there we go. Some Kickstarter games. We did it. We did it. All right, Josh. <laughs> Do you want to take 30 seconds to talk about this other topic? Because I know we're running. Yeah. Okay. 30 we'll seconds. Talk about, well, maybe. Well, it can be a little longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> I know that we have um, been playing a lot of more games lately, so we'll probably maybe talk about games next week. But yeah. Josh, I know you're a huge Mass Effect fan. I am. I like Mass Effect as well. I've started playing Mass <laughs> Effect again. Yeah. And I'm reading all of these things on Twitter and in our Discord and in all these places. Yeah. Talking about how amazing Mass Effect 1 feels. Did they say amazing? I thought it's Good. always in comparison to. Josh, <laughs> I know the game is old, and it's not a remake, it's a remaster. Mm-hmm. It's almost 20 Mass years old. I think Mass Effect, the first one, is a excellent game to play to help show us how far games have come. <laughs> That's like the... Biggest backhanded compliment you've that's ever been given. <laughs> because I still like the game. I'm not saying it's a bad game by any means or any stretch yeah. of the imagination. But this is a really excellent like time capsule to be like, wow, like I really, really liked this game when it came out. Yeah. And if this game came out today exactly as this. I don't know that I would like it as much. Well, no one. You know would. what I'm saying? Yeah, no one What's would. That? Beca- no right. one would like it because it's an old game. <laughs> <laughs> so, I. Um, so yeah, that's all. I just wanted to b- briefly get your feedback on that, your thoughts on that. Because, like I said, it's not that I don't like the game, but I, I definitely think it is a great example to show what nostalgia and memories can do. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. I don't. Dis- I don't disagree with anything you're saying. 
Uh, except for the fact that it really it couldn't come out today in any world the way that it is represented because games aren't made that way anymore. You would <laughs> well, be like, who I made mean, this game? That guy that Jerry who lives behind me? <laughs> he right, published Jerry it? who lives behind you could do that. <laughs> yeah. Could do that. So like you could do that in that core game that's on Epic, like way better. But uh, I think it, it's getting with as with you say you see a lot of people saying amazing i see a hundred times more negative things about it oh okay online about people who are thinking that this is some type of new game or have their expectations are too high yeah and that's where the problem with this game trilogy is lying right Mm. now you have people all over the place you have people like me who have super nostalgia for it and are happy like they're thrilled to play it again with any improvements like it's not like like if it was just 4k i would probably still be tempted to play through them again but there's more Mm -hmm. and i would say i've played a a little a couple hours of mass effect one so far and yeah i mean the facial animations are as bad as mass effect andromeda um you know again that was 15 (laughs) years newer than that game um so I say, I guess, good for them on that. <laughs> um, so it's interesting. Combat is, it feels wonky, right? But it, right. But you can, if you played Mass Effect 1, you you can tell how much better it is. Because um, it's light years <laughs> better. It's just not good in today's standards. Um, who I think this is for is the people who never played Mass Effect. Right. And want to play it. That's who yeah. this game is for. And, and it's for people like me, but I'm not the core. It's for people who always say, like, I always wanted to try Mass Effect. And I've always heard how good it is, but I never... Like, by the time I wanted to play, Mass Effect 3 was out. So I just didn't. Then there's this weird subgroup of people who I talked to that just started at 3 and didn't play 1 or 2. I'm like, who jumps into 3 <laughs> of a game series? But, yeah. you know, other than that... Um, I I know I, uh, it's frustrating what's happening with like the disconnect between the player base that it has and what it needs because it's not the same right now. <laughs> yeah, I think, like I said, I'm still really enjoying it because I, I love the original Mass Effect. I'm still having a lot of fun playing it, but it really has helped to remind me of how far games have come and how many small quality of life improvements we have made since the late 2000s in games and how important those are like things that we you know when we say oh it's a small quality of life improvement sometimes we just kind of poo-poo those away because sometimes they don't it doesn't seem like that big of a deal but when you go back to a game that doesn't have those things oh boys like just how you pick like weapons from the weapon wheel in this game how you have to sprint how you sprint like all of those things that we have figured out kind of now yeah Oh, it, it, oh man it just is really an interesting like i said it's not bad to me it's almost like this interesting relic of like wow this like and this <laughs> this is why people like jim ryan are like why would you want to play those old games because <laughs> sometimes you play them, you're just like wait and every other game i play this button does this thing but in this game this button doesn't do that thing it does this other thing that doesn't make any sense it doesn't anymore validate jim ryan though that is not fair know, to bring him up that was a joke that was a joke um but i think even just like navigating the menus about how like you figure out like what your mission objectives are yeah. like you have to like go into the menu and then you have to pick your thing and like like it just is much more cumbersome than than games of today and i think it's a good 
reminder for us about how far we've come. Again, doesn't mean the game's bad. It just really is kind of um, a really interesting time capsule to look back upon. The one thing I will say, though, and I put this in our Discord because, and this is a me thing, but my goodness, I have... (laughs) I'm, like I, the number of times I've drawn my weapon trying to open up the map oh, on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, I did the same thing. I keep like, drawing my weapon. I'm like, oh time. no, I hope nothing bad happens. <laughs> I know, like every time I'm like walking around the Citadel and I'm like drawing my weapons on these innocent people yeah. just sitting on the bench because I'm trying to open my map and it's not the map button like it is in every other game. Yeah. So, yeah. But like I said, still enjoying it. It just, it's a very interesting um, time capsule. So, mm-hmm. cool. All right, Josh, prediction time. What is going to be announced between the time we record and the time this episode posts Tuesday morning? Uh, I'm going to – I don't know. I'm going to go generic this time. A new Fortnite um, uh, character not – a new character comes to Fortnite. It's not a Fortnite character. A new property comes to Fortnite (laughs) as a Fortnite character. You're not going to guess what property it is? Uh, We just got Batman. I'm trying to think. Before Batman was – Aloy, or I think there might be someone in between. I think we're doing Hunters this se- Is this what this season is? So I think so. No, that was last one because we got Predator. Uh, what are the people for this one? Batman, ranged people. <laughs> you got Tomb Raider. You got Aloy and Batman, people who use uh, projectiles. So uh, the next character will be... Uh, oh, I have to pick a property. I don't know. It's not going to be... What if, what if it was Harry Potter? How weird would that be? It's going to be Voldemort. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. the, we'll, say, we'll say maybe it's from the Warner Brothers property. I'll generic, genericize it since we have Space okay. Jam coming out. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is coming up. That is right around the corner here. All right, uh, Josh, my prediction is we are going to get finally an announcement of Hades coming to other platforms. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it was recently raided for PS4, like in Korea. So I think we're going to... So I think once that happens, usually announcements aren't far behind. So this might be a little too close, but it's the only thing I can think of that might be fun. So I'm going to say Hades coming to other platforms. Yeah, Game Pass. Probably. It wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Awesome. All right. With that, we're going to move on to our recommendations for our well-rounded life. While we're clearly a gaming podcast, we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that is helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Hey, sticking on our show titles, I'm going to go with music. I haven't gone for a while. Um, I think I've discovered something about myself. Once I'm in on an artist, I'm like all in. And, I, okay. and I'm just realizing... I'm just diving in. Um, I was uh, playing around on the computer last week, and I was just trying to find some music to listen to while I was doing that. Actually, it was this week. Um, I went to like the Discover page on Spotify, and I stumbled upon this artist by the name of Ash. It's A-S-H-E. Um, and she just put out a new album called Ashlyn. And I kind of jumped in to a lot of her content since then, but um, the album I just really love, like just truly, really enjoy it a lot. Um, I think it might be a little unfair to compare it to other music, but uh, one of the little docs they did on her said that she's like Beach Boys or uh, Pet Shop Boys. Um, and I think it's more like there's some songs that are like have Beatles-ish 
music to it. There's a little Billie Eilish in there somewhere, probably the song that Phineas is on. Um, but it's an album that just uh, each song feels a little bit different. It's alternative, not pop, not R&B, not rock. It's just, I think, just alternative. Uh, and there's some good songs in there. Awesome. All right. Josh, my recommendation is a uh tepid recommendation (laughs) it's like uh i don't recommend (laughs) well no i recommend it but i understand this is not going to be for everyone so this is definitely something (laughs) that i'm enjoying but there are probably going to people who are going to listen to this thing and be like you are ridiculous why are you even listening to this this is so bad is it music it is not music it is a podcast oh Uh, and the name of this podcast is Dark Air with Terry Carnation. Have Terry you heard of this? Carnation. Dark Air. Is this something is, maybe you told me to listen to before? No. It is a fiction podcast that is created by Rain Wilson. Mm. And he plays Terry Carnation. Uh, and it basically is about a um, radio DJ who did like the late night AM radio uh, call-in show where people would call about UFOs and Bigfoot and all that stuff. So it is a fiction podcast, you know, kind of like Welcome to Night Vale, like kind of in that general sure. vibe. Um, but there's a whole bunch of like Hollywood celebrities who have like little guest spots on it. Uh, there are a couple things about it I really don't like. The ad reads in it are there's a lot of ads um, <laughs> in these in the episodes, uh, which makes sense. Like I'm sure that. You know, Rain will <laughs> get paid pretty good money to do this thing. Um, but it, it, there there are parts of it that I listen to. And I'm like, this is amazing and really smart and funny and a creative way to like approach this medium. And there are things and parts of it that I listen to are like, this seems like just I, I'm like uncomfortable about like how they're producing the comedy for this podcast. Like they're just things that just seem really weird sometimes. So. Like I said, the last, the um, most recent episode uh, had some pretty fun special guests on it who I'm not going to spoil, um, but there was a very strong video game tie into it, oh. actually, which I thought was really funny um, and about maybe some casting in a video game movie that is still upcoming. Um, so anyway, like I said, if that sounds like it might be interesting to you, go ahead, give it a listen. Um, Dark Air with Terry Carnation podcast by Ray, a fiction podcast with from rain wilson so go ahead check it out if you if it sounds interesting like i said definitely not gonna be for everyone but i'm enjoying it so with that josh what do you say we wrap this show up let's do it thanks for joining us everyone in addition to finding us on twitter and instagram at board with fiji you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash board with fiji so feel free to give us a five star rating over there also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvgi at gmail.com. We tag all of our stuff with hashtag boardwithvgi, so please feel free to do that as well. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. Uh, you can find me on the things at Why So Serious. S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? 
So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.